You're listening to Adishokbe Live, the Afrobeat podcast. Pussy, listen, thank you very much for your time. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? How's the Friday like for you? I'm feeling ecstatic. You know, the weirdest thing just happened yesterday. I got on some uh, MTV-based hottest rappers list and um, my Twitter's been going crazy today. (laughs) But I'm just trying, you know, but this is like every Friday when new music has dropped, you know, new videos are coming out. It's the end of the year. So we're all trying to get everything in. So I'm having one of those Fridays where I'm just like trying to push my my new music, but also... Um, trying to get like a conversation going that is positive all the time. Absolutely. You mentioned being men, uh, named uh, amongst the best rappers. You're a poet, though. So <laughs> you're, you're a poet, you know. Yeah, that's what I do. So everybody has this uh, debate about, you know, are you a rapper? Is she a rapper? What, is, what hip-hop songs has she done? What is rap? Mm. So it's interesting. It's interesting and cool. And I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to play it cool because um, sometimes I've never called myself a rapper and I've never wanted to. But sometimes people are there saying, look, this is what it is. We're giving you that. And that's, you know, that's how it's going to be. It's, as long as it's positivity, it's fine. Absolutely. It's spoken word. Rap music is spoken word on beats. And that's yes. what you do. You do that incredibly well, you know. So Thank you. You have to take that as part of it. And let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, you know, Boosie. Talk to me about your background. A, a, a little bit. Of course, I mentioned that you're from South Africa. Where in South Africa were you born and raised? And what was that? you know, that young Busiswa like, what was it like growing up where you were born and raised? I was born in the Eastern Cape province of the Eastern Cape of, of um, South Africa and I'm Tosa. So I speak Tosa, that's my vernacular language. That's the language I do most of my songs in. Mm. And I was raised by, you know, my grandma and my mother. Mm. Um, so they were matriarchs, they were strong women. Um, intelligent women, confident women, funny women. Uh, I always say to people, my mother was a prankster. So it was like a laughing household. Like we would crack jokes all the time, whether things were good or bad. And Mm. even though we were trying to make things work all the time, but it was all fun and games. And I enjoyed my life immensely because of those two people in particular, but also Mm. a lot of the women who, um, who surrounded me growing up. South Africa, you know, has an incredible history, um, particularly one in recent memory with regards to apartheid, with, with regards to the, the icon in the late uh, leader, Mandela. Um, yeah. But it also, for, for I wanted to know for, for South Africans, for someone like you growing up in, in a South Africa that's now starting to become the dream that a, a, a Mandela wanted it to be like. What were the stories you heard uh, growing up about how difficult it was? And what is your experience now of a new South Africa emerging? So to tell you an 
interesting story. Uh, Nelson Mandela's home um, where he was born is also around the same area where I was born. And so growing wow. up, every, every Christmas, he would do a Christmas party where mm. he would come back to his home village of Kunu in the same <laughs> province. And he would do a Christmas party for all the kids and give out gifts and food and, you know, um, supplies for the families in the village. And... Mm. Uh, so I was inspired by him in a very direct kind of way, you know, because we would wake up every morning um, on Christmas Day or like two days before Christmas or something and travel to his homestead and just wow. receive gifts and food. I remember the first time Oprah came to South Africa, Mandela had brought him to that same village. And I saw Lady Smith Black Mambazo performing for the first time live, you know. Wow. Those are Grammy winners now. Absolutely. And so for me the connection with nelson mandela was not just about knowing the icon that he is and the sacrifices he has made but mm. i was inspired in the sense that this this man will come back here and still throw a party for us and still try to inspire us and motivate us in a very direct kind of way by making connections directly with the people from his village and and uh, the children especially um, in his village and he really made me feel like anything is possible and you can achieve anything you know i remember when we were growing up we would say uh, nelson mandela is the only guy from south africa that even if you mention him in china people will know who he is absolutely and that guy came from the same area as me. And so that had a, a beautiful impact. I read um, as much about him as I could. I found biographies. I've tried to find as much information about him to try and understand what is it that made him believe in himself so much coming yeah. from the place where he, he came from. And yeah. um, later on in life, you know, um, experiencing now as a as a bystander his yes. passing his illness his presidency and then his yes. illness and then his passing um it is it has made it uh very important for me to engage you know politically to engage with my community to go Absolutely. to my community and to visit and to constantly be aware that there are ways that I can inspire my community. There are ways mm -hmm. that I can inspire the children in my community. There are ways that are direct. I can inspire the people who, are, who grew up where I grew up, who were born where I was yeah. born. And no matter how far I go out into the world, um, I'm always able to go back and touch their lives directly like that. And that's something that I don't take for granted. And at the same time, I try to engage in conversations around how um, we can make life better for, for young young. For, for black youth and also yeah. um i'm also you know questioning as i grow older how i mm. can become a leader that pushes my country forward what is it that i can do what is it that i can say how can mm. i motivate how can i inspire how can i make young kids watching me um mm. go, well if she can achieve that then you know and that is really directly um the, the kind of inspiration that i i received from someone like nelson mandela that's amazing. That's, that's incredible to, to hear you talk about that. Um, I know you mentioned being brought up by your late mother and grandmother. You mentioned the, the, the mixture of, uh, you know, a, a prankster, a joker, you know, an intelligent person, matriarchs. Meeting you and listening to your music, I see all those mixtures. Uh, the oh. fun, 
Yeah, that's my heart so much, man. Because I, no. I think I'm like an exact replica of my mother and, and my grandmother, and God rest their souls, they've both passed on. But mm. I, I, I have moments myself where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm my mother. Oh my gosh, I'm my grandmother. I am them. Absolutely. I remember when I when when we met in Ghana. Uh, before I met you. Um, Becca had called me to come over and said, you know, Busiswa is in town shooting a video. And I'm like, wow, she, she came to, and he said, you know, Becca, uh, her husband told me at the time that you had been one of the easiest people to work with. You came on set, it was hot, it was sweaty. You were uplifting the spirits of the people that were shooting the video. And um. it made life easier for them you know do you do what are your thoughts about people saying those type of things about you in terms of the kind of energy you bring to certain situations even though you're a superstar celebrity <laughs> well i you know i don't like i wake up every day first of all and i'm like oh thank god this is my life you know, I am in Ghana, surrounded by all these beautiful men, and I get to just go on set and have fun. That's literally what Absolutely. it's like for me. It's like every day is a blessing. And so I try to, every time I interact with people, just be a blessing as well. Uh, actually, my name means be blessed, by the way. So, wow. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm constantly like saying that to myself and I know that sometimes I'll meet someone and I'm in a bad mood or I don't want to take a picture or you know I'm just in, tired or something like that that happens mm. as well but every day when I wake up I'm constantly trying to say what can I do that is positive what can I say to someone to uplift them and inspire them what can I mm. um, share how do people feel after I've left them because I'm very conscious mm. of that like if I meet you for example I'll never yeah. forget how you make me feel yeah and so yeah. My goal is always to make people feel better than before they met me, even if I'm not in a, in a good space. I just try to make things work all the time. I was excited to work with Becca. And so, you know, even the video, um, I wanted to make sure that we come through strong. You know, we come through yeah. popping, you know, the, yeah. the, queen, the queen's got to hold it down, you know. Absolutely. So, that helps. That helps also when you're excited to work with a particular artist, and you it helps you to also stay positive. Um, but I must say, I think around that time, um, um, we had shot the my power video with Beyonce, yes. and I saw Beyonce directing a music video where she was so gracious, so respectful, so uplifting, so motivating mm. to everyone. And I was like, man, this is the queen I'm trying to become. You know, this mm. is the kind of person I want to be. I want to be holding up space in a room where I'm leading um, sometimes mm. more than 100 people and all of them feel respected and acknowledged and seen and that's how she made me feel and so I want to just make other people feel like that when I work with them so even when I collaborate with people like uh, Peto Ranking it was incredible because he also has that same positive energy and attitude and vibe it, it, it's like you know, when you meet like-minded spirits like that, absolutely, you, you can't be mad. It's like, okay, it's hot, but we're in Africa. You know, mm. what else? Let's you go. Know? 
you can't be mad at that. I think the same thing when I worked with uh, DJ Tunes. We recorded yeah. uh, in New York and we recorded so many songs. We, were, we wanted to do an EP at some point, you know? Yeah. And so I can't make people feel small or feel bad because I know that I've come from far and mm. I know that every day of my life is a blessing. Every day that I'm able to do what I love and share that with the world. And then I get to meet other artists who actually appreciate me. What more can I ask? What is there to be mad about, you know? Yeah, you mentioned briefly, you know, walking in the same room and working around the iconic musician Beyonce like it was nothing, you know? <laughs> that, listen, listen, this, this is a woman that people make music with, with and that music never gets to see the, you know, yeah. the, the light of day. They yeah. shoot videos with that never gets mentioned. They yeah. are in rooms with and nobody ever gets to know that for life. Yeah. But not only did you share a record with, you also shared the video and was on an iconic project. On an you iconic know. project. During yes. a pandemic, a worldwide Absolutely. pandemic. I mean, what are the chances? I know that there's no amount of money you can pay to do a song with Beyonce, you understand? So yep. I was observing the whole process and just watching her work and how she um, commands people with so much respect and grace, the way that we were treated, which was amazing. So for me, it was, and also because when COVID happened, um, we yeah. had already shot this material and we thought, oh my gosh, it's never going to come out now, you know? And <laughs> But it, when it came out and we, we couldn't even leave the country, for example, yeah. we couldn't even do, you can't even do a promo run or PR, you can't even visit anywhere else. You, you're at home and being at yeah. home with my family and that being like the only thing I can do is be at home with my son during yeah. this time was also significant because I got to savor it and I got to absorb it and to I got enjoy to enjoy it. Yes, and I got to see people's reactions on social media. Like I watched it with family and friends around me. I had people over at home and we got to share that moment. And it's just, I don't feel that there are things that don't, ha that don't happen for a reason. You know, mm. everything happens for a reason. And the pandemic has been like crippling to most people, but I got an opportunity that has literally changed my whole trajectory. I have Absolutely. fans from Russia now, fans in Brazil, collaborates who want to work with me from Japan, That's you know, amazing. so I don't take that for granted. And I know that um, waking up grateful every day um, just gives you more things to be grateful for all the time because Absolutely. this was a time where everybody struggled. Everybody struggled. I mean, yes. I was, I was like looking at my team and I'm like, hey, so must I still pay you now? What? <laughs> it was hard, you know, it was yeah. really, really hard. And, Absolutely. Um, I joke about that, but I know that a lot of people were losing a lot Absolutely. of things during this Absolutely. time. And here was this incredible opportunity and this lady who was just not only giving us that recognition to the world, yeah. but even being in the space with her, she's 
giving you the kind of acknowledgement and recognition that you don't even get from other artists that are mm. like living in living with you in essay you know absolutely um, so i can't forget this year i can't forget that experience and i'll forever be grateful and it actually made me the kind of person who wants to go on other people's sets and really show respect and acknowledgement and admiration and not raise my voice not act in anger but just move in love which is mm. a lesson it's a, it's different when you're learning this lesson from someone who's operating on the highest level you know yes. who doesn't even have to um collaborate with you but she finds inspiration in what you do and in you being yourself so it's really helped my outlook especially with working with um people artists from all over the world and going yes. well I can find inspiration from so many places and I'm so grateful that I can holler at them and be like, yo, Tenny, uh, uh, I got a song for you, girl. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Tell me, That's, what, what yeah. do you feel, what, what, does, what do you feel when you hear people say that someone like a Beyonce with what she did is a culture vulture? What do you, how do you feel when you hear so, such statements? I can't relate uh, mm. because so many people take so many cultures in and absorb them and try to sell them without involving the people Absolutely. Um, who are actually the, 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 the custodians, so to speak. And yes. we are all custodians yes, we are. of culture. But it's different if you then, instead, if I'm inspired by a Buddhist monk, yes. I can go and collaborate with a Buddhist monk in a way that makes that Buddhist monk happy because I'm inspired by that. It's different if she had just gone and wore her outfits and worn this and did that and you know, took the dance moves and didn't um, try to do any kind of collaboration, didn't try to um, showcase Africa in, 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 in its most beautiful, beautiful light. light. Yeah. yeah, like because of, and because of budget. I mean, I would love to um, shoot a video in an ocean in Ghana. I don't yeah. have the money to do that, you yeah. know. If, but if I did, I would. And uh, I don't think it would feel like, you know, Ghanaians would feel like I'm stealing. I mean, Absolutely. I did a song now um, with Papi Kojo from Ghana. And he's, Ghana. the outfits they were wearing, I'm like, I want to wear these. I want to you know, also do shoots in these outfits. And he was telling me about the significance and the culture of those outfits and how they are, they celebrate every single Christmas. That's but now, yeah. It, yeah, if I then take that and I go and I do something, with, but if I'm working with Papi Kojo and I can wear the outfits and I can celebrate that and show it in the most beautiful light, I don't think that is a, you know, a vulture. That's not a, I agree yeah, with you. it's not like a, Completely. I, I it's not a, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's not a, like a scavenger kind of way of doing it. But this is a human being who is inspired by something that she had never explored. And she, she was um, sensitive, but also um, wanted knowledge and information and to uplift this um, inspiration, this Amazing. factor that had inspired her, which is Africanism yes. as a whole. And you can't then go and find all the African cultures and all the, and do, you know, and work with all the artists. Yeah. And do, but if there is something that you do that uplifts an entire people, Absolutely. that inspires, that motivates, that teaches, actually, because there are so many teachable moments and people all over the world are then going out and researching um, yes. Sarah Bartman, um, the Namibian Imba hairstyles. Yes. Um, they are researching Zulu headpieces. Yeah. You understand? You 
you're not just creating a space where you're saying, oh, I'm just telling you something, but never even letting you know where it's from, what it's about. But you're teaching about something that is so beautiful, which is our cultures, something so um, reverent. And you're doing it in the most respectful and articulate kind of way. And you're creating a piece of art that is articulated, not only in the clearest form, but also in the most aesthetically pleasing way we've ever seen before. I can respect that and I can appreciate that and I can support that. Absolutely. I can't relate to it being um, a theft of any kind. That's brilliant. Well spoken. And I completely agree with you on everything you said. Um, for someone like you who stumbled on music, coming from poetry, investing that much time and effort and talent in, in, in poetry, then coming up onto your third album now, talk to me about even starting to be a poet and how you suddenly found yourself in this music world that's allowed you to birth your third album. So, uh, like I said, you remember I said my grandmother raised me. So my grandmother yes. was very adamant about getting a good education, about reading books. You know, she had a huge bookshelf. You know, she was always encouraging me to, to just... Um, gather information as much as you possibly can about three topics. So I loved reading. And because I loved reading, I then became a child who writes. So in primary school, I was writing already. And I didn't have structure. So it wasn't like, this is an essay, this is a poem, this mm. is a song. I was just writing because I enjoyed expressing myself in words. And then later on, I got to high school and I moved to the city of Durban, beautiful oh. city that you must visit sometime. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen pictures, trust me. It's, I've it's seen gorgeous. Pictures. I went to high school in Durban and I learned that there are poetry sessions. There was an art center that I practically started living in. I even started working there, volunteering there, wow. doing art development there everything of mine I started hosting my own poetry sessions I met like-minded people who are teaching me more about structure and how to perform poetry as well that's where I learned to do that mm. at the Bat Center in Durban and um, later on I met guys who were doing house music so around the same time house music in Durban was like popping off it was a jump Crazy. like a whole movement had started and I was there doing poetry and I mm. met some of the producers um, Sir Boobzin and DJ Clap, who was also in Uhuru. I know you know Uhuru yeah. of, yeah, of course. And they, yeah, and they and they were living in Durban, and they said, "Why don't you try to do some of your poetry on these house beats?" Wow. And then as soon as I as soon as I tried that, I enjoyed it so much. I already loved dancing and clubbing and partying. So I was like a, a soul sister by day and a party animal by night. <laughs> <laughs> and this mixture of poetry and and house music. It like made me find a way to combine my love for words, for spoken word, with my love for dance. Mm. And it just felt like, yo man, this is what I want to do forever. Give Absolutely. me this, you know? Absolutely. And that's how I, um, they, they had uh, deals with um, Oskido of Kalawa Jasmine. Yep. They were making music for DJ Zintle. Wow. And then they, they brought me into the studio to do that particular style, which was like very much a mix of a lot of Costa vernacular sounds and um, like hard hitting house beats. Yeah. And then as soon as that first song worked out, I was like, you know, Yo. I'm moving. Yeah, like I want to be here. This is what I want to do, guys. Sign me up. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate. I was in the studio every day. I remember I worked with Maporisa a lot when I started out. And That's an he, iconic producer as well, man. Yes. Iconic an, producer. 
he's and he's still you know bringing putting people on now so he yeah. would pick me up from home in his small small tiny little car and then he would um take me home again maybe at like three to five in the morning and i remember my my family i was staying with my family my aunt and they thought that this was my boyfriend and i was like no guys we're on to something big listen we're doing big things here and one wow. saw that vision but i'm so glad that it panned out the way it did because we went on to make songs like ngoku um lasha Mm. Uh, midnight staring um you know and a couple of piano songs that we you know they've recently released with scorpion king so that has been um a journey that i've been fortunate because i've met people like that so it's people like maporisa pex africa dj clap Ostido, uh mauta so those many those are big um, big producers. producers yeah so many producers who like i would just click with you know mm. and so that's been that's why i've actually been able to stick around for nine years is because i just keep meeting new people even now i'm working with people like mr jazik um from mm. jazzy disciples um i'm i'm working with people who uh keep moving the culture forward um dj somebody for example as well mm. so I'm able to work with those people because I'm always open to finding new ways to explore. New sounds them. and new yes. ways to push yourself. New, yeah, new ways to put words onto music. That's, that's brilliant. Like I said, you know, the first one was Highly Favored. Second one was Summer Life. That was 2017, 2018. Yes. And now 2020, the way I found out about your album coming out, where the videos you posted on Instagram, where you spoke about your story. I spoke about it on my, on my podcast, on the radio show, where I said, you deserve to be applauded and really given a huge level of respect for the honesty, the, the, the honesty and, and you know, the importance of what you spoke about especially your experiences. We know how bad, you know, domestic abuse, uh, you know, gender-based violence has been in Africa, you know, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, and around the world. But to have somebody in your position with a loudspeaker, use your platform to speak about that. Firstly, um, how was it deciding that you will share your story um, in words before you decided to share it in music. What was that experience like? Um, I actually, I think I, I recorded the songs first and then it was hmm. just a, a decision of whether to release uh, um, these particular songs or just go in a different direction, which is like turn up all the way, you know. Hmm. Um, I think with lockdown as well, you know, I had a lot of time to reflect. I had a lot of time to work on myself and yep. um, I, I had to ask him a few questions. And one of those was, you know, do I have bad intentions? Am I trying to uh, be evil? Am I trying to just sell records? Uh, what mm. is it that I hope to achieve with this? And the thing that kept coming back to me was, and I also was talking to people uh, in my circles, you know, the thing that kept coming back to me was, they, it, it's not just about you anymore. It's you're living the kind of life where it is not just about you and yep. what, how you feel and that you can't change. It's mm. too late to go back and say, I no longer want my life to be in the public eye. You mm. know, it's too late for that. So first of all, 
Um, if I'm going to then talk about it, then okay, cool. Let's get real about it. Let's really talk about it. Mm. And I had to be ready to counter backlash because the yep. views are different on these topics. You know, the views are different on these topics. And um, if, if and if people do feel like it's a publicity stunt, you know, am I emotionally ready to deal with that kind of attack? Wow. So I had to strengthen myself in prayer, in meditation, mm. um, exercise, just in things that make me feel good. And it's just acts of self-love mm. because I had to be ready to say, I've been attacked and I've gone through that, but now am I ready to be attacked again for it? And again and again and again for as long as, you know, I have to. And what came back to me was really, um, if God can grant me everything that I've ever prayed for, mm. then surely there's a reason why he then continues to give me the voice and the platforms that I have. Because now, it, it, surely there's more to it than just nice cars, great holiday destinations, beautiful men. <laughs> you know what I mean? Surely there's something more. Surely Absolutely. there's a reason why I've gotten through so much and still been able to stand. What can I do with that kind of strength and power? And I felt like I had it within me and I was ready to impart. And um, a lot of women, you know, inboxed, DM'd, even other artists, um, you know, saying, you know what, I would never. <laughs> and I'm like, I completely understand, but they were also saying, but I relate 100%. Mm. And that for me was a, the real revelation is that after, after that, I then opened myself up to be like, um, not, not like an oracle, but like someone people can talk to about things that they've never told anyone Shared about. Because people they, yeah. yeah, they never thought anyone could relate. And so that becomes a new layer for my purpose. It has actually renewed my kind of reason for living. It's like, I understand now that I didn't just succeed for myself. I didn't just win for myself. I didn't just survive for myself. There are individuals, but also groups of people that um, need me Absolutely. to be strong for them too. Yeah. And anytime that we can have you know public figures get real about these issues yeah um it's a win and it's pushing society forward and it's pushing women empowerment forward not just talking about it as a general thing which is what we always do yeah. but saying when it comes to the reality this is where we are at and so i was tired of talking about it as a general problem i was ready to say look let's confront the real issue and the real issue is that um so many of us are going through the most in silence and it doesn't have to be that way absolutely well that's another again another brilliant way to express it um let me be the first uh from this side to say thank you for sharing that story for empowering and uplifting so many other female voices particularly in africa where yeah. we understand how difficult life can be for, for yeah. a lot of our, you know, our mothers, our sisters, you know, daughters. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need to keep on talking about it. And we appreciate people like yourself who step up and really share these very, very sensitive stories. Now, what about you as a mother? You know, I know you got a son now. I know how yeah. women are about their sons. That's the most <laughs> important thing in the world now, you know, but how does being a mother 
you know, how does it change your perspective as a, as a musician, affect your performance, your creative spirit? What does the Little Prince add to Busiswa uh, of, of now? That's a loaded question because I think, mm. you know, I've, I've definitely changed a lot. I think the one thing is that I just like to live honestly and be honest because I'm trying to raise a son who is kind, who is generous, who loves and respects women mm. and, and nature and animals, um, who wants to change the world for the better. So I have to then become that person so mm. that he can see from my actions. So I do con get concerned about being a great role model, mm. but... I'm also, you know, at a time in my life, he arrived when I was just like, I need to have fun. I need to enjoy myself more. I need to let go. So, I, I, you know, I'm exercising more, trying to get, you know, to be an involved mother. I realize mm. I'm going to have to go to like sports games and things like that. Yeah. So I want to be fully present for that. Yeah. Um, but he's a strong boy. He's got like 10 times more energy than me he wakes me up every morning like hi are you fine i'm fine are you fine and i i can't have a bad day you know yeah. because it can it can be a bad few minutes it can be a bad couple of hours but yeah. because of his presence in my life i can't have a bad day Absolutely. and so I'm just grateful for that. And I'm grateful I'm able to provide through my performance. Um, I'm able to live my dreams and still be the mother of my dreams, you know? <laughs> and Absolutely. I think it's just life's greatest blessing. I've never known a love um, so strong. I see him um, imitating me so much as well. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll do like a kid's EP with him because if I'm in studio, he also wants he's to be in there. studio saying, saying something and he's not making sentences yet. So he'll just be like, they're like, and I'll be like, yes, boy, yes, boy, yes, boy. Okay, now it's my turn. Step aside, step aside. <laughs> but he's also, you can hear his voice on one of the songs on the album yeah. um, called Bayeke because he was there and he just wouldn't shut up. So I was just like, leave him, guys. Let's leave We're him gonna in. Uh, let's get him some royalties let's you know but i hope to do more of that as well because i do enjoy um having you know like just capturing those moments uh, of his upbringing where i can say to him do you even know what you think you were saying here you know? <laughs> no, that, i think that's, that's special i can share that with him that's brilliant and it's nice that uh, you're putting him on the royalties really early we need to start changing these things for our kids man put him on the money early Put him on it. Now, uh, finally, this album, you know, I, I, I listened to it when I was driving. And, you know, I, I ha it had everything in there. It had, you know, the energetic kind of, the Afro house, the piano, th those vibes. And it also had, you know, it gave me memories of some of the most iconic South African greats that I listened to growing up. You know, maybe it was some of your traditional language in there. It was, it just had a mixture of everything. You collaborated, you know, you worked with the likes of DJ Tunes or Skido Maforisa. The list goes on. Now, for a fan that doesn't even listen to music from South Africa, from Busiswa's music or Amapiano or Afro House or anything, how would you sell this incredible body of work to that fan of music? 
I would say, you know, because my creative process was so organic and I was so musically inclined and so open to exploring with my voice. Um, when you play the song, when you press play, um, if there's one thing I can guarantee is that 45 minutes later when it's done, yeah. you will be happier than you were when you pressed play to start it because the melodies are so intrinsic um the flows you don't even have to understand the language to understand the love language in this music and the heart that was put into it and the effort that was put into making it a um vocally superior album and mm. so if you want to prove me wrong please try please press on. play and see what you feel like by the end of that album. And if you don't feel happier, uplifted, motivated, we'll send you translations later, but just listen for now. That's all you gotta do. One thing I'll tell them is once you press play, you're not gonna stop that album until the album finishes. <laughs> and that's one, you know, that's one of the a few albums that I can say that I've received in 2020 that I listened from the top to the bottom just because of the selection of sounds the everything was just perfect and, and you know congratulations to yourself your team thank you and everybody that worked on that masterpiece you know we hopefully once this lockdown comes down you'll be able to come into the uk and, and i'm enjoy coming promoting. through yeah definitely i'm coming through definitely finally i just wanted to pick up your brain on this Anu has become one of the biggest sounds in africa now yeah. Nigeria is playing, we're on this beat. What are your thoughts about the fact that once the house sound or Amapiano sound jumps out from South Africa, Nigeria carries it and we run away with this sound? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, we keep talking about that with some friends and I'm like, man, I just hope that the South African pioneers and the South African artists will really get the international recognition um, for it. I also do know, though, that once you do something great and it works, after it's out, it's everybody. out. Anybody, yeah, anybody can take it and run with it. And that's a good thing. But I'm hoping that my South African counterparts and colleagues are going to stamp their names and their legacies and their pioneering spirits into this. Because I always say there's no country in Africa that pioneers music as quickly as South Africans do. I mean, almost the thing now, Afro House now, Afro Pop now, Kwaito now. Like, we move so, so quickly with genres and pioneering sounds that I hope that when we um, get international recognition for it, it's really the people who deserve to get that international recognition. And not to say Nigerian artists won't deserve to. It's beautiful yes. to see them, you know, jump on our sound and create incredible uh, nigerians with melodies are unmatched you cannot mm. make as many melodies as a nigerian artist you know and so i i hope that south africans will really be open to traveling the entire continent and yeah. also coming out into the world to claim their space and to claim their their um, um their ownership and their in in this movement because it's yeah. becoming so big so quickly you know we're gonna get drake on it just now because you know how he absolutely is. <laughs> absolutely I'm you know what i mean yeah, if we get a Grammy for a, a, a Mapiano project, I hope it's going to be a South African Mapiano project. Anything Absolutely. can happen now in the world. So I just hope that um, South African um, 
pioneers who pioneered that movement yes. and who continue to move it forward are really going to get that kind of recognition. But other than that, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's always nice when uh, a sound transcends borders because that means that we will, um, artists are able to travel the entire continent. We're Absolutely. able to exchange, we're able to collaborate because I know that if I collaborate with Niniola on yeah. a piano song, it works in Nigeria, in Kenya, yes. in Tanzania. You understand, I can do the same with Rivania. I can and travel to Tanzania. And we can be a more united Africa through music. Absolutely. And that is, that is positive and that is good. And that is to be encouraged. So Absolutely. I hope that we just take it all the way to the top. That's brilliant. No, we don't want it to be the one like Will I Am did for DJ Lags. And come on, man. That was, that was bad, though. You know, that was. was bad. Yeah. <laughs> was. So, you know what? I'm just glad we live in a world where people like, you know, DJ Leg can speak up and be yes. heard. And things yes. like that won't go unnoticed anymore because as much as, you know, what Beyonce did as well, it's like, it is so easy to contact the original. We are all on social media. We're Absolutely. All, we all have a presence internationally. We, we all have, you know, you can reach out to us directly. You don't have to take the sound and run with it and, and pretend that, you know, you just came up with something when you were, you were inspired clearly by something else. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, the incredible Busiswa, all the way from South Africa, for joining us here. I'd love you to do one thing. If you just introduce yourself, Busiswa, and this is Adeshokwe Live. And you could, you could add a little bit of your local language to it, man, because I love the way that sounds. <laughs> okay, but before I do that, I just yeah. also want to say, you know, thank you for your part in music, moving music forward. You, you play a very important role. You're one of the people that even before I met you, I could see literally every week that you are playing my music, but you're not just playing the music and, um, you know, being passive about it. You're actively and aggressively promoting and pushing African, South African music to greater heights. I appreciate that to no end. And it was such a pleasure to have the first interview with you. The, the first of many. Hopefully the next one is after I win my Grammy and stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> but we appreciate your part so much. Um, and, and we appreciate the ways that you um, play your part and use your platform to promote um, um, African music. And this is Busiswa, aka Her Majesty the Queen, aka Midnight Sterling, aka Usisi Onomboya Kota and Genaki ones and twos, Kuti Kuloli Uza, and Ekuti Hu. And we're doing this for the culture all the way from South Africa. African girls, them all always do the best things. I love you. I thank you for supporting my music. And this is Adia Shop Alive. Yeah. <laughs>